Thank you for listening to this episode of Courtside Indiana Podcast. Please hit the subscribe or add button on your podcast app to get them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. As always, we'd appreciate our rating and review. And you can reach us directly on our Courtside Indiana Twitter at CourtsideIND. Welcome to episode 130 of the Courtside Indiana podcast. Jim Reamer, joined by Aiden Kunst. Kunst? Kunst. Yeah. I, how is it I don't know how to pronounce your name? All right. It's all right. I mean, you yeah. only you only coach with me. I've never right. I've probably never gotten it right, have I? No, it's Kunst, which Kunst. a lot of people do get that wrong. So you're not you're not alone on that. Okay, well that's good. So Tell everybody else. So you you you're from Evansville. You you go to Purdue. Yeah. You're entering your senior year, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then tell everybody else what else what else is it that you do besides work coach AAU basketball for free? Yeah. So I well I I coach for free at West Lafayette High School. Uh, oh really? Even that job's not even no. that job's not pay. No stipend no. for that. No. Nope, does Coach Bagley at least take you out for a little lunch every now and then? He treats me a few times a year. So All right, that's he's good. Pretty good about that. He's pretty All good. Right. About that. That's good. I usually buy your guys' dinner when I've been an asshole the whole day. So <laughs> you do. I yeah. can confirm that you've been pretty good about that. Yeah, if you haven't figured out the correlation between when I buy and when I don't buy, it's usually when I'm a, when I'm in a bad mood all day. It's usually when I buy in the evening. Right. Right. And it's and it's usually uh, when we're all in a good mood. It's kind of happy-go-lucky and then you know we usually live in a good mood we end up a place like chipotle or you know places like that if it's a good mood it's like some you know some some uh dive bar somewhere right yeah of course you're not you're not 21 yet so no but in kentucky we're that's good right we could we could at least sit there yep some good people watching there that's really what it's all about especially at this age it's all about yeah. the people watching. We're going to do some people watching in about an hour and a half as I meet some friends of mine to watch the NBA finals tonight. So we've got a hard deadline of an hour starting now, basically, to get this show over with. We are expecting Nick Baumgart to join us. Uh, we want to, namely, we'll talk about some of the transfers that we already know have taken place. Aiden's going to be part of that discussion. And and I think Nick wants to revisit some of the things, we or a couple of things we talked about last weekend that, that uh, either led to some misunderstanding or controversy. I don't know. Uh oh. Yeah. That's all right. I think we got it figured out. And if he doesn't get on in time, then we'll revisit it real quick. And I, I, I kind of think I remember what Nick said, but, you know, I don't listen unless we, I think we have editing or audio issues. I don't ever listen back because it's like, why do I need to listen to myself? So, right. But anyway, so, um, we're going to talk about IU team camp, correct, Aiden? Yeah. We both yeah. were there yesterday. We're going to give a quick uh, review of what happened in recruiting the past week. I'm going to read that off. And if you got any thoughts on any of those guys, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll discuss it. So Jalen Harrelson opened the week with an offer from Missouri. It's, that's uh, He's starting to get a good list of high major offers. Garway Dual picked up an offer from Carmel. Jalen Harrison, by the way. You don't know, sophomore, going to be a sophomore at Fishers. Garway Dual uh, 
going to be a senior at Carmel, picked up an offer from North Carolina State. He continues to show well this spring and summer, or well, we haven't even gotten to the summer yet. But Xavier Booker picked up, the, I guess, the most prestigious offer of the week, uh, picking up an offer from Duke um, after uh, flirting with making the uh, USA was an under-18 team. Yeah, yeah. It was an under-18 or under-19, under-18 team. 18. Jermaine Coleman from Park Tudor, going to be a senior. Picked up an offer from Wright State. And then Caden Vasco, who is a senior, was a senior at Don Bosco, um, has reclassified, will probably continue to do a prep school year. And he picked up an offer from Central Michigan. Central Michigan had thrown out a, a few offers this weekend that I saw, at least on, the, on, on Twitter. So Caden among those, uh, for those that don't know, much about him outside of the region, 6'6", kind of a kind of a combo wing. Uh, can actually be at some level a, a primary ball handler. Uh, probably will be a secondary playmaker at the Division One level. But, but nice length, nice skill. Grew a bunch between his sophomore and junior year. And, or his junior, yeah, sophomore and junior year. And definitely can... An extra year for him to get strong won't won't be a bad deal. So you seen Vasco play at all, Aiden? No, I haven't seen him play, but yeah. I do think Central Michigan. It's kind of interesting that they're kind of making some inroads in the state, or at least throwing yeah. out some offers in the state with Bass. Yeah. And the, you know, yeah, they picked up. I mean, they, yeah, they picked up Reggie Bass a couple of weeks ago, and and you know, I think Reggie was sort of in flux as to what he was going to do, uh, at least at least publicly. I don't know that. Um, I'm sure, obviously. He and Coach Turner and his his family were um, way more abreast of what what was going on, the finer details. But um, yeah, that was kind of a surprise commitment that it yeah. happened that quickly because it was got an offer and then like I don't know, it seemed like what was it two days later, maybe even the next day, committed. So yeah, I mean, I don't think he was turning down a, a D one chance at that point, probably. No, especially that close to home. Yeah, I mean, I know he went away to prep school in, in Tennessee, but. But at the end of the day, his family's still Muncie, and um, you know there's uh, there's nothing wrong with with. I mean, I think he'll have a chance to be pretty good in the MAC, and yeah, and you know we'll we'll see where his development goes. So he's definitely going to have to um, play more without the basketball, and and defensively, I think he's got a chance to be a a, a plus defender in the MAC. Again, if he can stay locked in and engaged off the ball, a lot a lot of his. A lot of his issues basketball-wise are away from the ball. Right. On, on both ends of the floor. So, um, but but definitely a talented player. So, uh, anything anything there strike you uh, interesting? I mean, you and I, you know, obviously you and I spoke a lot yesterday on different topics. Anything that uh, yeah. among those offers that you want to talk about real quick? Well, I just think, I think it uh, be interesting to keep tracking Booker's recruitment. Seems like. Maybe Michigan State was was kind of what people were thinking, but now it seems like Duke has maybe uh, put a hold to that for a little while. He seemed to be pretty interested in that. Who wouldn't be? But yeah, that, that's interesting that he's like you said. That's that's probably the it might be the most prestigious offer. Period. So I, I yeah I you know my my take on that and this has nothing to do with book is is I look at recruiting that takes place in in bursts and tears. Um, yeah. And 
you know, re, re, reward the schools that were in on you early, especially if they're, they're quality, you know, Michigan state would certainly be quality. You know, I would understand if, if it was a school you felt needed to prove something, even like Indiana, for example, if you felt like they had to prove with a new coaching staff or, or just the fact that they've been average the last what decade minus a couple of years, uh, which hurts as an IU fan. Um, but I mean, I don't know that it would get much better than Purdue lately. Yeah, seriously. Uh, you know, I don't know that it would get much better than Michigan State lately. Um, you know, if you, if you don't have good relationships with those coaching staffs, it's that I, I understand. But I, I, I sometimes, and it's not late yet. So, in fairness, it's, I would tell a lot of guys it's still pretty early in the process. But, but some of these guys have been on them for a while and, and, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. Well, you know, but it's, it's hard to turn down schools that, that play in the spotlight as much as, as much as a Duke does, but. No question. That's probably his kind of internal uh, thought process as well. But I, I like what you said there, because it's kind of interesting about the schools that are on you from the beginning and how much you want to stay loyal to them versus, I don't know. It, it, it's an interesting thought process with recruiting. Yeah, loyal. Yeah, loyal is probably a touch too strong because obviously yeah. he's not made a commitment to anybody. Sure. Um, but I, mean, I get what you're saying, and I'm, that's me splitting hairs on, you know, or not splitting hairs, but parsing words and meaning and things like that. But I know there's still some things in his game that I'm gonna be curious how it translates. I'm gonna be curious. Even skeptical until he proves he can do it. You know, there's a lot of yeah. things that he does well in a straight path. There's a lot of things that uh, he does when there's not a whole lot of help, which is you know in the summer. There's nothing. There's that's that's not his fault. Right. Um, I always, although we're not shooting the ball real well this you know in stretches this year, but I've always, whenever somebody's like complimented our offensive styles, not just with this group, but previous years and previous teams the first thing i always come back with well it's a lot easier to run what we do when teams don't scout and teams don't scheme so sure you know there's a lot of stuff that goes on in the summer game that won't happen you know as easily during the school season and, and you know even even garway Duall found that out yesterday you know there's a lot more there's a lot more help uh there's a lot more obstruction a lot more um, obstacles in the way um but I will say this about Garway, and I we obviously we'll we'll be talking about Carmel because they were at IU team camp. Uh, he has definitely tightened up his handle. Um, it's it's not fully where it needs to be yet, and but but we'll we'll get to that when we get to the team stuff. So yeah, yeah, for sure. and who knows we may leave with that. But I'm going to let you start the way on that. What? So we were we were down at IU yesterday, both of us. Uh, and, and I view team camp a little differently than elite camp. Like if it was an elite camp, I would not be talking about that stuff because elite camp tends to be, they tend to want it to be an exclusive situation. That's my take on it. Uh, they are officially not allowed to invite people to elite camps. They're not allowed to restrict participation in elite camps. Uh, but there are ways around that at various, uh, various key frames in that process. Uh, but team camp is team camp. You know, they um, they go out and, and they it's a two way street. Teams want to play in it and they have various team camps sometimes. And 
And as you're finding out with Purdue, you're going to be up there for a couple of their team camps. Um, you know, the, and a lot of times it is, it is about guys they're trying to recruit. And that was definitely the case with, with some of these teams, you know, in the case of even Centerville, Ohio, Gabe Cups, his team was there. He's already committed to Indiana. And I'm, I'm sure that even though we're going to focus almost 90% on Indiana kids, uh, we're going to talk about that, that, uh, Gabe Cups and Travis Perry matchup, I'm sure. So, yeah, yeah. Who, who was, let's start here. Which team impressed you? We, we, Zach and I do this little drill during the season best, best game, best team, best player. We're right. not going to be that regiment with it, but, but what was the, what was the best team in your mind yesterday? I would, I would think I'd go with Ben Davis. Um, I got to see two of their games and they just were, were pretty dominant overall. I think they're, their speed in the backcourt, and then you combine that with, with obviously Dowdy down low, who's you know physical presence can run the floor. Um, like KJ Wyndham was really really good yesterday in the games I saw him. Yeah, um, and we saw him. You were with me when they played. Was it Marion? And yeah. then uh, later on, I saw him play. I think it was Taft, but one of the random schools that weren't weren't from in state. Right. Um, and, you know, I think they're pretty explosive in that backcourt with Sheridan Sharp, KJ Windham, and, and I was impressed with Mark Zachary. Uh, well, I don't know what year he is, but he was Sophomore. really quick, really quick in the open court. Made made some good decisions. Then obviously Dowdy, you kind of know what you're getting. He's he's just rock solid. But I was I was really impressed with them. And I mean, they were among kind of a group that seemed to be in a different class, really in my mind, than than a couple than most of the teams there. I don't know if you agree with that. But. They were, they're definitely, yeah, I, I thought that, you know, the, the, the Marion game was, I mean, it was silly. Yeah. It was, they, they, they platooned, um, doing value, writing evaluations from yesterday. And really it's, it was so bad. That was the only game I saw in full. It was so, it was so bad that it was hard to get an evaluation. I mean, everything was transition. It's like, it was like a layup drill for a while yeah. there. I mean, and, you know, even even in the half court, which, you know, a lot of credit goes to Ben Davis for being sharp and and, you know, and they, and they did what they needed to do. They took care of business and they, they ran Marion off the court. Um, you know, normally me when I was your age, if you told me Ben Davis and Marion were going to play each other, that would be like a highlight event. Really? Yeah. I mean, Marion was just always, always super good, always super good. And Ben Davis was a lot of times I go, I, I always think of Anderson Kokomo and Ben Davis as three teams that Carmel could never beat in my, in my youth. Um, Pike sort of Lawrence North was in that, was in that, that group too. Those four schools. Um, now Mary wasn't among that mix. Carmel didn't play them, but um, you know, they, they've always played Anderson because for years they went to the Anderson regional and they always wanted to make sure that they got a chance to play at least there every other year at the wigwam. So um, it, it's, it's too bad. We've often talked about the North central conference, Marion being one of the schools and that, and how great that conference, how great their history is and how up and down it's been lately. Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of reasons for that that really doesn't have a whole lot to do with basketball, right. socioeconomic fact, you know, the, factory closings, things like that, that have led to sort of a migration of, 
of families, you know, out of out of town or or perhaps, you know, school school choice, allowing people to stay in Marion, but go to the go to the rural schools or the, the donut schools like Oak Hill, for example, and and East East Side and Mississippi and places like that. Um, you'll see a lot of Marion addresses at those schools uh, if you were to ever, you know, if you ever come across that information. But but, you know, it, it's it sucks seeing Marion down. It sucked for years when Anderson was down. It's fun. You know, basketball is more fun when the NCC conference schools, especially the ones that were always good, Anderson, Marion being those being two among them. Um, it, it, it's basketball is better when those schools are really good. And it's it's been a while since Marion's really had a had a team, at least the 4A level. I know they've had a couple of spikes in, at the 3A level, but from the 4A level, they've they've it's been a long time since they've been relevant. And that's from my perspective, it's kind of sucks because yeah. even though I never wanted them to win, <laughs> it was oh they got an awesome gym. You know, you just kind of like going there, even though I never wanted them to win, just like Anderson. I never wanted Anderson to win when I was younger. Right. I never wanted I never wanted Noblesville to win. That's for damn sure. But, but those games, but it's more fun when those teams are good. Yeah. It's a lot more fun when those teams are good. And that's, you know, and, and, you know, I don't quite have the same feelings like that as I, as I did then. Um, but I definitely believe it's basketball is more fun when those traditional powers are, are good. So, um, not to take any anything away from schools that have risen up and been more consistent, but it's just it's just a hell of a lot more fun when Marion Giants were Giants. Right. So, right. Um, I agree with you that Ben Davis was probably the most impressive on the day. I think a lot of it was just their depth. You talked about Mark Zachary. You know, he probably won't start this year unless unless they decide. I mean, they platoon the first game, so you can't can't gauge their starting lineup by who they started that first game. Yeah. And they did the same. They had the same exact lineup for that second game. I saw Did they. Okay. And you know, and they've got guys like Sean Arnold and Jesse Ferris as well, who, who, again, anytime we talk about a guy that we coach, I always disclose that Jesse plays for us. You know, anytime we talk about one of our guys, um, you know, those, those guys bring a lot to the table too. You know, Jesse's scored off the dribble and he, and he certainly gets an open shot. He's going to be able to hit that and, and be a rebounder. Um, like you said, Zane Dowdy runs the floor impressively well and he rebounds everything. <laughs> Anything he gets near, he gobbles up. And Sean Arnold's kind of their Swiss Army knife. He The ball doesn't stick with him on offense. He's able to hit open threes. He can score in transition. He's probably not going to score in traffic a whole ton, you know, a whole lot in half court. But then defensively, he he guards anybody. Uh, he really can. He's, he, you know, he starts out usually guarding the other team's second biggest player. But if he gets caught in a switch, he's never going to get he's never going to get blown away. So he's always going to be able to push his man to the ball to help, and that's that's invaluable for a kid that's six five and plays as hard as he does. So uh, Clay Butler is is a kid that can score off the dribble, and you know is is a guy that's his his outside shots improving. I mean, they basically, you already mentioned Wyndham, you know, Wyndham is, does stand out in that group because he is the best shooter of that bunch. He is the most consistent shooter of their perimeter players. So he is a little bit different in that regard. Uh, But then Sheridan Sharp stirs the, stirs the drink. So, you know, he is a, he's one of the top 
point guards in the class. And, and he, again, he, another kid that plays hard. I think that's what coach Carlisle has been able to get those guys to buy in physically and they, they play hard. And it's, it's a good group of, you know, we all kind of felt Ben Davis would be number one coming into the year. And I didn't see anything this weekend that led me to change my mind. So no, no, certainly not. Certainly not. And, and I, I would say, I referenced it earlier, just like the group of teams that I saw that were kind of separated themselves, I guess, a little bit yesterday. I would, I'd put Carmel and Fishers in that group. Yeah. Um, with Ben Davis. I don't know how, who you feel has the edge there. Obviously, they'll, they're on a kind of a collision course in that sectional. But I mean, I think Carmel does. I think they've got more, they've got more, more experience, more weapons. Um, yeah. But I think that, you know, again, if Fishers, Fishers will be good defensively and they'll be able to, if they, if, if that game is played at their pace, now what that pace is between now and March, we'll see. Cause usually Carmel Fishers games are kind of rock fights. Um, sure. But, you know, you saw a Carmel team that shot the ball well yesterday, especially after the first game. Yeah. When a couple of those guys that were getting their first taste of, let's let's say their first taste of varsity action, even though that doesn't really happen until November. You know, Carmel played three guys yesterday that got zero varsity, really zero varsity run this year. Um, you know, Clevenger, the, the the sophomore or the junior guard. No, he's soft. No, he's a junior guard. He'll be a junior guard. Clevenger, the junior guard. Got some spot minutes here and there. Logan Reinhardt, who hardly got any, played 95% of his minutes on the JV. And then Alex Kudo, the soft, the 2B sophomore guard, who of the three was the most impressive, I thought. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, you know, you saw Logan, you saw Reinhardt, and, and you saw Kudo hitting from the perimeter. And both those guys are going to be able to, to, sh- to create space. Yeah, you know, and and you saw Sam Orm, who was extremely aggressive yesterday. We we talked. Nick and I talked last week that he. I thought he kind of had an offensively sort of a little bit of a disappointing spring, but a lot of that I thought could be just attributed to the fact that, or attributed to the fact that he plays on a team that really just kind of stands him around. You know, there's yeah. not a lot of a lot Doesn't of movement. Get ball reps. Yeah, not exactly. Not not great for his style of play. He's so good without the basketball. Obviously, most of those Carmel kids are extremely good without the basketball. And then you see Garway, who, you know, we, we go in with sort of t- touch on what Nick was talking about last week. And, you know, Garway is improving without the basketball. And he's, he's going to have to because he's not going to have the ball in his hands as much as he does in the summer. And he's not going to have he's going to have opportunities to score for sure. And he's going to be important offensively um, and they're going to move him into isolate. They're going to move him and Sam both into, into isolation situations, but it's, it's not going to be this. Somebody brings the ball up Take turns. and, yeah. and I, you know, and then just completely goes one on three or one on, you know, what I would call one on three, a set defense basically. Sure. But then you see guys like Art Garway and, Sam and or Orm and and then Spencer White again, kid that plays for me, plays for us. You know, all three of those guys. You know, even Jared Bonds are guys who can rebound and go. They don't have to outlet it. You know, they can attack off the dribble. Um, you know, White, 
Orm and, and Garway, Dual, they all were primary ball handlers at one point yesterday. They all they each initiated the offense, not just in transition, but in the half court. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of lineups this year without any of those little guards out there. And they played yesterday with whom I think that was, their starting point guard was injured. So, um, and they also played yesterday without Clay Richards. So we'll and we'll touch on more on that here later as well. So, um, but yeah, I, you know, Fisher's was was good. Jalen Harrelson was impressive. The, the two games or the one and a half games that I got a chance to see. I did not yeah. see the Heritage Hills game. Talk a little bit about what you saw there between him and yeah him and Sis, Trent Sisley. Yeah, and I was talking with this, someone on Twitter about this. You know, Heritage Hills just didn't really have a supporting casts and the athletes at the level of, of Fishers. It's not a not meant to be a slight. It just was kind of that kind of game. The Fishers just jumped out. The defensive intensity, uh, Heritage Hills guards were having a lot of trouble with Harrelson. And, and yeah. he he guarded Sicily a little bit, but they would put him on um, gosh, what, the Becker kid, uh, 44, for Heritage Hills a little bit. It, yeah. You know, Harrelson showed off his defensive versatility. He was really good in the open court in that game. And it was just not close. It was a 30-40 point game for Fish in favor of Fishers. I thought one thing about Sicily just overall in the day was I thought he got – they weren't um, – if you got fouled on a shot, they just had you inbound it. At this they, you got a point. You did get a point. You too. get a point. Okay. Yeah. Well, he, he got to the line a ton, and I don't – or, you know, hypothetically got to the line a ton where he would – Right. He didn't finish – I didn't think he finished as well as maybe he could have, uh, but he, he was aggressive you know, kind of getting it in that mid post elbow area, rip through and, and attack the rim. And and I felt like, well, I don't know how these teams in Southern Indiana are going to fat, are going to guard him without fouling him and just sending him to the line a million times a night. I thought that was, was pretty impressive, even though they, they did struggle a little bit against definitely against Fishers and later against Brownsburg from what I saw. Well, what, what I love about Sisley is his, his, his motor. Yeah, and you know Harrelson's the same way. Those two guys are the, the class of that 2025 class, and they are neck and neck. Uh, you know, it, it's you know, and some of it will be depend on you know you you know what you need from a recruiting standpoint. I can't imagine teams not offering both of them. You yeah. know, at this point, um, we've already seen that. Already. I, I think Sisley has a little more to prove defensively. Uh, than Jalen does. I think Jalen can be the best defender on a court. Yeah, uh, he yep. is. He, I think he has shown that even as a freshman. I think he showed that for Fishers this past year. Uh, I, I don't know that. I think Sisley will be situations where he'll be. Uh, he, I want to see if he can get out and, and maybe that's maybe he answers those questions in the summer where he's put on an island and guarding people, you know, and doesn't, does an effective job, you know, guarding the perimeter in the summer. I just haven't, haven't seen it yet because we're at different events. Yeah. You know, you definitely, you know, you definitely weren't going to see like, well, for example, you know, Canaan's catchings for Brownsburg got to his spots often yesterday when pretty- they played each other. Yeah. And, you know, and, and again, it's 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 June. I get it. You're not going to necessarily worry about defensive matchups and things like that. But 
you know, put Sisley on him and see if Sisley can keep him from scoring. Right. And you're, you're right. Their, their supporting cast really struggled. I mean, I, <laughs> there was one guard in particular. I'm not going to say his number. I'm not going to say his, I don't know his name. So he's lucky there. We're not going to mention his number, but I mean, he had to have a rough day, man. Yeah. I mean, the, the other, the, the non, the Porath twins, one, the kicker didn't play yesterday because he's involved in some pretty high level kicking camps here this week. Uh, so he sat yesterday out, but the other one, I mean, I, that poor kid didn't get across half court I know. for like four straight possessions. And, and they're going to have a high level of competition here in Charlie Hughes and all, all over, all probably during yeah. the season as well, you know? Well, you know, and if you're, you know, at some point they're going to have to play bossy. Yeah, no question. You know, and at some point they're going to have to figure out how to handle that quickness. You know, and and they've got North Davies in the sectional now, which is interesting. Yeah, but that's not going to be the same level of no, no. A, as athleticism as even what Brownsburg has. I mean, those, you know, all those Brownsburg kids can really, really get out and pressure people and guard. I mean, yeah. North Davies does their trick by packing things in Brownsburg. Ain't packing in a whole lot right now. Nope. Not with catchings and not with Diallo, Elijah Diallo, not with those guys. Um, you know, and they've got, you know, Cam Reich, who's who's a good defender. I mean, they've just got kids that are physical and who sell out defensively. And, you know, that's that's you know, that those some of those kids, a couple of those kids at Heritage Hills, they were in over their head a little bit yesterday. So yeah, they were. They were. Uh, and I, by the way, I like Diallo while we're on that. Yeah. I've seen him a little bit in the spring. I thought he, he stood out to me as one who really nice stroke. And I think he complements catchings pretty well for that. Super athletic. Yeah. Needs, needs space. Was really effective against Noblesville when I saw him play during the school year of coming off the ball screen, getting to get into a spot mid range and elevate and hitting that shot. Yeah. We had eight, 18 that game. And, you know, it's, it's a real, you know, you want to see him be able to shoot a little more consistently from beyond the three-point line and not just be wide open. Right. right. Um, but, you know, that's, you know, that, that's something that takes time too. It's, I think if anybody were to not recruit him because they didn't think he could hit that shot, he, that would be a mistake. Right. He's, he is a division one athlete and I think he is, I think he can defend at a pretty high level. Um, I think the, the questions will be offensively. What's his go-to um, is he able to get to his spots for shot? You know, is he able to get into a shot? Uh, but he, he definitely can hit the open shot. So, yeah. Uh, Brownstown, you were there. Were you there, were you there for that game? Brownstown yeah. Carmel. Yeah. They started off incredibly hot, and Carmel kind of grinded their way back in and eventually took control. I mean, it ended up being like a seven-point game, right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think it was seven or nine. I don't know, but I thought, you know, that was one where it seemed like whenever Carmel needed a bucket, Garway could just get to the rim whenever yeah. he wanted to. You know, and and that's the game where you realize he's he really tightened up his handle because. Yeah. Because he can just get by anybody. I mean, I mean Brownstown's that... really packing it in now. Brownstown's not throwing a lot of Division One level defenders out there, but 
Right. And and that would be the one thing that, that Jack Benner, Coach Benner's son, who who had a good who had a good game, at least. I don't know about the rest of his day, but that would be one of those deals where he had to where he had to prove that he could guard that somebody at that level. Yep. And he's certainly a willing defender. And now he's just gotta he's gotta handle the quickness side of it. But but yeah, Garway could get to the paint whenever he wanted. And as they loosened up, as they started to hit some shots and loosened up Brownstown a little bit, who was just kind of packing it in. Uh, you, you saw him and Orm get to the basket more. You even, you know, you saw Spencer White post up a little bit. You know, you saw Jared Bonds be able to score in traffic. But, um, you know, those – I thought Brownstown – I tell you what, Brownstown proved they are probably going to be the best team in 2A. I think that's fair. They were right there. They really were. And And I think Benner showed enough in that game especially that – he definitely belongs in D1 conversation from a recruiting standpoint. Oh, yeah. How high, I don't know yet. Um, I, I think some of his some of his stats can be deceiving on, on their on their schedule at Brownstown, but that's yeah. what the summer's for. And he's a lot, he's gonna be a lot like Kiner Asijan in terms of you know he can shoot it, you know, he can handle it well enough to be a secondary playmaker. He's unselfish. He understands when the defense, he, at least yesterday, he understood that a defense was stacked on him. And he could find people, especially, you know, especially with skips. But that that skip had a shelf life to it, if you noticed. You know, one one step away, that skip goes away, but the help is still there. Um, yeah, I thought Carmel kind of began to figure it out a little bit over the course of that game. Uh, that was a fun game to watch, though. I, Brownstown really did hold their own, and it felt like every time you thought Carmel might really pull away Brownstown, they had a guy who hit a three or, you know, you know better – get loose and I yeah. don't know you had mentioned a couple of transfers for them that I thought I thought Brownstown's big played pretty well I don't really yeah, that's Colby Hall from yeah I, I like they're, they're, they're two transfers Colby Hall from Scottsburg Colby Hall and Chase Comer were both Comer yeah. got most of his minutes last year in the JV but I thought uh, I thought he was I thought he was pretty good I, yeah. I questioned why he was not getting more varsity minutes uh the Hall kid I, you know, again, all the we'll we'll talk about transfers in a minute, but yeah, but yeah, I thought Colby showed some things yesterday, um, but but then as those shots became more contested, it it became more difficult, which that yep. you know stands to reason. Yeah, no question. And you know, Carmel's running just kind of their base motion, and you know that you know they're not doing a whole lot of trick, you know, not doing a whole lot of diversionary stuff they they have some go-tos in their motion that i think they audibleize um but yeah i thought brownstown certainly certainly jack benner proved that that he could play at that level and the other guys proved they could shoot at that level they had four or five guys hitting shots oh yeah and big big shots you know yeah i mean important shots i didn't get to see them play again i didn't i didn't either i didn't see him play the rest of the day i just saw that first game but I think they um, they cemented themselves in that two A discussion for sure. Yeah, it's where, gonna take a really good, yeah, yeah, it's gonna take a really good two A team to 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 crack that nut. So yeah. yeah. Um any anybody else really stand out? Uh, just a couple. I liked um Amir Carson for Anderson. I thought he he played real well. I saw them play Lyon County at the end of the day. I came back. Coach Bo- Coach Bowling will appreciate that. Yeah. He's just a big lefty who can score. I like his – he's fun to watch, man. 
And uh, also liked um, Dylan Beverly from Franklin. Yeah. I saw them, them play Addicts at the end of the day, and that was a good game. That Who Addicts won that had, game? Addicts, Addicts won both game. Yeah. Won. Yeah. Okay. And Addicts was good all day. Uh, I mean, from when we saw him in the morning to to that game against Franklin, which was close the whole way. I, I like Beverly though. He, he's kind of an athletic wing. I, I looked up his stats. He he only scored like eight a game last year, so I think he'll he'll probably certainly improve on that. Well, I, yeah, I, I guess I question the wing part. I've, I saw that on Twitter yesterday, and I, I know you've said it twice now, but, I mean, he's still – he's more of a skilled four at this point. Yeah, yeah. And that's – look, I, it's, it's important that kids work on their game, but also understand that you, you need to do things on the court that you can be successful at. Sure. You know, he's trying to break down defenses and he's not ready for that yet. Yeah. And that, that's just, and that's, and that shows up against Carmel, especially when it's the third game of the day and you're tired and, and Carmel won that one pretty easily. Uh, they, yeah, it was 26 or something yeah. toward the end. So, um, you know, they did a, you know, Carmel did a really good job on Micah Davis. I, I thought Micah, Micah had some moments, but you know, again, they're working in new they're working in new pieces. Hmm. They they probably played two or three seniors last year that I I think that Coach Moss was sort of was more or less rewarding them for their previous work. You know what I mean? It's like right, right. they may have been better served. But they want a sectional. As I say, they may have been better served by you know letting a couple of those other younger kids get minutes. Um, because it was it was clear a lot of that was geared toward Micah, and um, the um, I'm going to get his name here real quick. The Nicholson kid, who's going to be a junior, who is their one of their secondary ball handlers, also a really good shooter. You know, but he's undersized for basically a two. Right. You know, talking about recruiting and talking about matchups like versus, you know, playing against Carmel. He had, you know, when Carmel's not playing multiple littles, there's second shortest guy, six five. So, you know, he had a hard time getting getting clean looks. And um and, and Micah had a hard time getting, you know, getting off some, you know, getting off shots too, without without having a lot of traffic around him. Yeah. Yeah. And I loved him during the season. I, I don't. I didn't see anything yesterday to change my mind on him. But yeah, he was good against Addicts because it was just an up and down game. You know, yeah. it, was, it was first to eighty kind of thing. So, but that was the deal with with the Beach Grove game last year, where he was just he was wonderful, and a lot of that was him playing in space. And I and I'll I'll tell you that I saw a game earlier that year or another game last year for Franklin, where I. I don't think it was played at a high pace and he was equally good. Right. And then of course there's, they want a sectional. So um, yeah, he's been good. He's been good. And he's been good with, uh, with Harrelson and Sisley for that. Indy heat. Has it? Yeah. And you've probably seen them more just watching yeah. streams and things like that than, than I have. So any, um, anything else? Any well, I player guess you, you you mentioned players. Any, I guess we need to talk about cups and. I was gonna say, yeah, the out of state guys. 
I, I guess the main thing, Gabe Cubs has already committed to Indiana. And Travis Perry probably will graduate as the all-time leading scorer in Kentucky high school basketball history. Um, not a guy that I liked a lot last year. Perry. But it, Perry, yeah. His yeah. body is his body's changed a little bit, uh, which that happens. <laughs> um but this spring, as I've seen him play for Indiana Elite, who he played for last year, he's been really, really good, wonderful. He's he's not forced as much. Um, last year, he forced some shots, and and probably effective. I mean, it's probably was it's what he's used to doing. But this this day and, and all all spring, he's been much more of a of a table setter, much more of a creator, and. God, he can shoot the ball. Ooh. I thought he was better than Cups yesterday. Yeah, I think it's, you saw you saw the whole game. I saw the second half. Yeah, he was better than Cups. I thought pretty, he was better than Cups. Pretty clearly. I mean, it wasn't. He didn't leave a lot of doubt. That was that was his best game of the day that I saw him in. And I thought he was. I mean, he was good against Fishers. But again, they really didn't get anybody else that stepped up consistently, especially on the defensive end. Yep. They didn't, didn't really have any matchups for Harrelson. No, they didn't. And Harrelson dominated that game in the in the open floor. And and he you can tell he's a little tired in that game. He, he was leaving some short, but he was still pretty good. And uh, again, he he hurt his ankle, so he didn't play against Anderson, unfortunately, last game of okay. the day. But boy, was he good in that that centerville game, which was you know, obviously well. That's a showpiece game for them. I mean, that's oh yeah, yeah. You know, he's trying to, at that point. You know, take down, well, somebody who's, I think they won a state championship and he's, and their best players going to Indiana. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was, it was certainly a centerpiece game. It was in assembly and, you know, all the coaches were there. Cups, obviously, I didn't think he played poorly, but ultimately he left a bad taste in your mouth with those missed free throws down the street. Yeah, he missed, he missed his final five free throws. That's, and they lost by four. Yeah. That's a rough gig. Yeah. Of course, it was Travis Perry who fouled him on the three-point shot. So, right. which so I don't know. Probably his but, lone mistake of the game. Yeah, he was good, and boy, I watched him in warm-ups right before they. I know that doesn't mean much, but I think he probably hit ten to twelve straight threes, just all of them right through the net. He, he's impressive shooting the yeah. basketball. Been, like you said, he's been really good for elite with uh, Badunga. Kind of, he just runs runs the show, scores the ball for them. So I, I like him a lot. Yeah, that, this summer they've got two more, two additional size pieces they didn't have last year. Yeah, but Dunk on the other out of state kid who's yeah, named Burgess. Like, yeah, Burgess, who I don't ever know. So because takes me a lot to remember who Travis Perry is, just because he's from Kentucky. So, but he yeah, was good yesterday. Saw, I didn't even know who I didn't know who, what Lyon County was, and I looked up and saw him. I was like, oh crap, this is this will be a good watch. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of my thing, and we saw. Um, just for any IU fans, we saw McKinley from Walnut Hills, who's they're on pretty hard, I guess. And he struggled a lot against Carmel. Was yeah, was not super impressed. No. But again, only one viewing. Sample I size. mean, if that's if that's the 60th best player in the country, then <laughs> Carmel's got two of the top 60 kids in the country. That's that's all I gotta say. He was the third best player on the floor. Yeah, he was. You know, he was that was a game where uh Gosh, well, he was, let's say he was the third most talented player on the floor. 
Yeah, and he didn't. It didn't seem like he was being used in the best ways, but but they struggled in that. Yeah, but he's under. So he's undersized. But as, as he is now, he's undersized to be a low post player. Yeah, he's like a six eight. Maybe he's he's huge. Like, uh, not not size, not height, but uh, he's a weird I, don't, I, I don't know if he's huge. I didn't. I didn't. Wasn't a huge fan. I, I I would I would say he might struggle to score in the low post in the, at a high major level. Um, I know he's trying. They're trying to do some things with him offensively. I thought they were poorly poorly conceived. Trying to isolate him on the perimeter and let him just go to work was a lost cause. Didn't work once. That we didn't saw. work. Didn't work once. No, it worked once, but it was already too late. So. But um, and I didn't get to see. I mean, I've seen JQ play a million times. I didn't get to see them. I didn't either. I, I did. Gary West. Gary West, I didn't see at all. No, Gary West was sort of on the lines of Marion as to yeah. probably weren't super-duper watchable right now. Um, all right. Let's talk about some of these transfers real quick. These are just the ones we know of. Right. Let me get my fancy dance, my fancy list out here. I might have to run and get my iPad. I don't know. Difference between me. You know, if I was prepared, that'd be super. Well, obviously the big one was probably ball, right? Not not necessarily confirmed, but no, maybe. it's no, it's 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 definitely confirmed. I mean, you got so that's the so that's the one thing. So to be to be able to play at this time of year, all you have to do is be enrolled. Don't need any any other. Don't need to be eligible. Nothing. All you have to do is be enrolled. The eligibility issue on a transfer doesn't come into play until games start. So you have June, you have July, theoretically. You have fall stuff typically starts for most teams the, the week after Labor Day, like with, you know, with open gyms and, right, right. you know, more structured stuff, uh, more stru- structured workouts. Uh, then you've got, you know, conditioning. Then you've got practice. Practice starts uh, that two weeks before Thanksgiving and a kid that transfers who isn't, who is not eligible can participate fully up to that point, up to the Monday before Thanksgiving is considered the start of in season. Hell these kids could play AAU up until that point. I mean, at least within the rules, none, you know, nobody's doing that, but pretty much every, every non-school thing comes to a halt the week before practice starts. But, but that's from a rules perspective in season, the in season rules, which are far more restrictive in terms of what else, what you can do outside of your team. That doesn't start till the Monday, the, the Monday before Thanksgiving. Now players who are not eligible can still practice all the way through the season, but it's, it's then when eligibility becomes an issue and their ability to play determines um, or their ability to play is, is determined by the IHSA's ruling on their transfers. So here are the transfers we know of, or 
let's use the word transfer. Let's don't use the word transfer fully. Let me get rid of my name here and I'll correct myself on from what I posted on Twitter. Well, I was kind of careful to the way I worded a couple of these. So the, the, the transfers we know of for sure, Kobe Hall, Chase Comer, and we'll, we'll probably talk about these in subsequent episodes as we get through this month, because we're going to see way more teams and hear more information. They transferred from Scottsburg to Brownsburg, Brownstown Central. Um, as I understood it, they moved during the school year. Um, someone even told me they, they moved to Brownstown during the school season and continued to, which they can do, uh, continue to play at, you know, then continue to play at Scottsburg. I don't know if, I, if that's accurate or not. Uh, Lina Brooks and all these teams were at, all these teams were at uh, IU team camp yesterday. Franklin Central was there. Lina Brooks is not with Franklin Central anymore. He's transferred to a school in Michigan. Anthony Ball was the big surprise, uh, was the big surprise. He has left Beach Grove for uh, Crispus Attics. And then the one that everybody kind of knew about, well, the, the two Scottsburg to Brownstown ones were most people knew about, at least anybody that would listen to this podcast. And then the one that I think a lot of people already knew about as well was Tate Metzger transferred from Marion to, to Fishers. So he's a really good outside shooter. He'll be a junior. So uh, Ball is going to be a senior. Brooks is going to be a junior. Hall and Comer at Brownstown were going to both be juniors. So, no, both of those are going to be sophomores. Okay. So they're going to join Benner. Uh, Carmel had an absence. Um, probably the best way to say that, Clay Richards wasn't there this weekend. Um. His status is kind of unknown at this point. And then I had tweeted something about Jaden Townsend from Marion, 6'6", sophomore, that he was not there for Marion. I wondered if he was, you know, if he left. <laughs> um, he was just injured and just wasn't there. So um, so that's, that's our list so far. I've, and I've not seen anything else anywhere else on other transfers so the, but those are all going to be guys who help help their team or, or hurt their team you know by by not being there i mean right. beach grove defending 3a champs anthony ball leaves lots of stuff flying around that he was unhappy during the year but kind of just sucked it up tournament time why not go out and win games while you're playing in them right but, i mean you know he's going to be you know the christmas addicts didn't have Desmond Briscoe. He was at a camp in Georgia. Yeah, those two guys are going to be pretty imposing front line for Christmas Addicts this year. No question. No question. He looked pretty good yesterday. Obviously, he's a good player. But that's kind of weird, man. Almost. It's just weird for this best guy in a state title team to go to another school. But I don't know. Oh, I agree. I don't. I think everybody agrees. It's. You know, and look, it's, it's, um, again, you know, they have, there's rules, so they'll have to figure it out. And right. Beach Club doesn't sign off. He's going to have to go a ways to prove that he's changed residence. And, and that's, that's often the, the odd workaround that, that people try to figure out 
how to get around that. And um, I, I know it favors those who have the, the wherewithal financially to make such moves. Right. But that's the easiest way to accomplish it is to just change school districts and, and go to school where you live. At least, at least functionally. Logistically, right. it's not as easy. Because you got to vacate your house and get a new, or your vacation, vacate your home and, and get a new one. So, but yeah, those are some, those are some transfers. Um, Metzger's going to really help Fishers this year because he's definitely outside shooter that they, hell, he's the outside shooter they didn't have last year. Yeah, he can really shoot it. You know, and he's going to be a kid that gets a lot of minutes for them and, and, He's a tough kid. I mean, you can imagine what Marion Marion would be better if they had Jaden Townsend and Taden Metzger there yesterday. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, they may not be the Marion Giants of old, but but they definitely would be better. And I don't know if Marion was missing anybody else or not. To be fair, yeah, I don't know. But, it was just kind of tough to watch because Ben Davis was just. Right they, were over, they were over. They were overwhelmed. They were overwhelmed playing Ben yeah. Davis. Definitely not a battle of giants. So what do you got coming up this week? Well, we got a Purdue team camp on Thursday, West Lafayette high school. We're going over there and then uh, we'll come back down to Evansville, watch the USI team camp, watch my Good. brother play and, and probably try and get a feel for some of the teams down here. Cause I don't nice. you know, I don't really, it's kind of a murky landscape. There, there's a lot of, parody i think in evansville so yeah that's one way to put it i think evansville memorial might sneak up on people no they're gonna be good they're gonna be really good we've had a good look at some of their guys this spring so yes yes we have tucker tornado is damn good he is he's gonna be really good for them aiden i appreciate your time man no problem we're gonna sign off here i'm gonna go run in the shower real quick i've been doing Home improvement stuff all day today. I only sliced one finger. How about that? That's nice. I know. I still have I still have it. I managed to keep that finger on there. Good. Good. So, all right. Well, everybody, I, I appreciate you listening. If you listen every week, thank you for doing so. If, if not, then hit that subscribe button and you can have um, each episode delivered to your phone, tablet, or desktop. Aiden, appreciate it, man. Thanks, Jim. All right. We'll see you later.